Yeah, God, we just thank you for this time um, that we can just be with you tonight. Hmm. Yeah, we just thank you that you're here in this room. Um, yeah, God, help us to, to come here and encounter you. We don't want to leave here without encountering you, God. Um, we just throw off anything from the day. Um, we just fix our eyes on you right now, Jesus. You're all that matters. You're all that we want right now. You're all that we need right now. Yeah, so I just say every heart be opened in Jesus' name. Every ear, every eye, everything, God. Just be open to you in Jesus' name. Just help us to take you, help us to take, um, just go deeper in you tonight, God. Help us to experience something new that we haven't before in Jesus' name. We love you and come have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you guys stand with us as we worship? Yeah, we are here for you. That's your word. 
come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, it was. You paid and you paid the highest price. You gave and you gave. All right. Yeah, guys. Yeah, so just recently we went out to the heart of Mexico and Zacatecas, and uh, God just, he's so good. He changed our hearts, our lives, and our world and used us to change this very world. And so I'd love to introduce to you my friend and just uh, an amazing woman of God, Kaylee. And Kaylee had the privilege of going on this trip and seeing God work in her and through her. So I'm going to give it over, and she's going to just give a testimony of all what God did. Hi, guys. So, yeah, Mexico is amazing, and I've talked to any of you. I just had so many, like, amazing experiences. But one thing that really stood out to me there was, um, and kind of Blaine touched on it, and other people have touched on it, but... Yeah, really just like the people there. I got really close to some people in the church um, that we were helping at, and it was just so, I don't know, it was humbling and amazing to see that, you know, these people have so much love, and like some of these people, you know, they have like nothing. They have, you know, the kids are running around, they have like rips in their pants, and they like don't have money to like buy like new ones, some of them. and. It's just like heartbreaking and these people have so much hurt and stuff like, you know, the, their dads aren't around a lot of the time and they have a lot of like, you know, troubles with alcohol and abuse and stuff and, um, you know, it's heartbreaking to even see like the little boys, their little kids that are like 11 years old, you know, you, they're telling us how they like are, you know, cutting themselves and like getting drunk and like doing drugs and all this stuff and it's just like, you know, you're there and it's like, it's like heartbreaking. You're you like see these people, and like not even just the people in that neighborhood, but in the city who like have a lot of stuff, but you can just like see the brokenness, you know? You're in this new culture, and it's so obvious, just the brokenness there. And um, you know, like while we were there, like I just wanted to go up to everybody, we were praying for people, and we were going around and just like loving on people, and we just wanna like 
just like share the word because our hearts just go out for these people because they're so broken. And, um, you know, even coming back, to be honest, like it was kind of hard, you know, I came back to classes and because I was around this like love and like all these like, you know, this culture of just love and like even those people had nothing, they were just so joyful and loving. And I went back to classes and I tried to talk to people and sometimes they were like, you know, you just don't feel that as much here. And it kind of made me bitter in a way. But then, like, God was, like, telling me, he reminded me with something that he was telling me when I was on the trip. And it's like, you know, people are hurting here, guys. You know, this isn't that stuff that's going on in Mexico. That's not just happening in Mexico. I know people who have, I know people who are, like, getting drunk every weekend because they're so hurt. I know people whose dads aren't around and abuse that's happening. And why is it that my heart was going out to these people in Mexico who were, like, hurting so much and why... You know, why is it so hard for me to like recognize that in the people in my classes who they're hurting and maybe that's how they take it out or like why is it, am I so blind to that? And God would just open my eyes to that. He's like, you know, Kaylee, like these people are hurting. Like why, like you're so bitter towards them. Why is it in Mexico you were just like wanting to go love on these people and then you come back and you're just bitter and you're like, you know, like angry about this. So my heart was just really changed because I need to be like spreading the love to these people here. Yeah, it's great to go out and like, you know, it's great you go to mission trips and you see amazing stuff, but sometimes it's hard or it's easy to miss the stuff that's right underneath your nose right here in the United States. And that's something that God really revealed to me. And I can't express it enough. Like, don't let it be, if you've never been on a mission trip, don't, don't let it be like something where you have to go on a mission trip to be able to see the hurting. Like, if you just open your eyes and look around, you see the hurting people that are here, like around you every day. Like, I'm sure all of us know people that are hurting just as much as like some of the stories that I heard in Mexico. And, you know, it might have just taken that story for me to realize that. But so I'm really just like, ever since I've been back, I've just been really trying to like see, not just like go and like talk to people about God, which I've had the opportunity a few times to just like, you know, talk to people about the relationship with God, but just how I see people is different, you know, like just viewing somebody, I feel like that has such an impact, just viewing somebody how God views them and not with the lens that I had. So that's just like. Wow, that was so amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, isn't that amazing? She stepped out in faith and said, use me. God, I want to change this world. But she came back being the one changed. And feeling God's heartbeat doesn't stop globally, but she's cultivating it locally because there is hurt, there is pain, there is suffering. But God loves because he loves because he loves. And that doesn't stop. And he loves to heal us. And so tonight's message is about radical faith. It's about coming with God's heart, the here and the now to the present for the forever. And so I, I have an honor to introduce a good friend of mine, the leader, the pastor of this college ministry, Ryan Otto. And he'll be bringing it tonight and speaking his heart and how his life's been changed through ra radical faith. And before he jumps in, we're gonna go one more song. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Yeah, and if you guys don't know Ryan, he, he's a great guy. And a lot of people, you know, with the, uh, for me, like, it's, it's Dynamite Dave, the DD. And for Ryan, it's Radical Ryan. 
People are like, hey, you're radical, man. He's like, they call me Radical Rod. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, if you really don't, if you haven't got to know him, get, spend some time with this guy. You're going to see how radical he is for the Lord and for people just because he feels that same heartbeat that Kaylee talked about, God's heart. And his heart doesn't stop. All right, guys.
feel the Father just speaking right now. I just feel like this is a night where he's going to call us deeper and make us stronger. I just got this picture of just the glory of the Lord coming down like rain, the confidence of the Lord coming down like rain. And as it falls, we're empowered and we're stronger. And so we're gonna sing this bridge one more time. And I believe that there's breakthrough that's gonna rain down in this place. So if, if there's pain in your body or your heart's heavy, or if there's something going on, I just encourage you right now just to take a moment and pause. Because I believe the Lord's gonna come like rain. He's gonna fill us with his glory. He's gonna come and move.
Yeah, God, that's the cry of our heart tonight, Father. That the floodgates of heaven would be opened and that you would do something new in this place and in this space tonight, God. Would you guys just open your hands with me? Would you just talk to him and just say, God, let it rain in my life. Open up the floodgates of heaven in my life, God. Because we want to know you more, Lord. That's why we gather and we set up week in, week out, and we hang out in this sticky hot room and sing these songs because we want to know you more. And God, I pray for each and every one of my brothers and sisters that you would do something new in our lives tonight, God. Something that's never been done before, God. Just as it rains from the sky, that every rain's a fresh and new rain. Let it rain, God. In my life and in our lives. for we want to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, man, can we get the worship band a round of applause, please? Thanks, David. Man, what's up, everyone? Thank you for coming out on this hot, muggy, beautiful day. What's up, guys? Hey, did everyone have a good Easter, a.k.a. Resurrection Sunday? Yeah? Good. Did anyone have a bad Easter? Yeah? Oh, you had to work. That's kind of bad. But, hey, it was still Resurrection Sunday, right? <laughs> hey, I feel like I'm supposed to do an audible real quick. But, you know, testimonies are just exciting. It pumps us up. And I just felt like the Lord was like, have one or two people just share something briefly this week. Maybe it was on Easter Sunday. Maybe it was since last time we saw you last week. If you were here, it got a little crazy, putty shared. But does anyone just have like, even if it's like a 20 second, 30 second, just statement of joy of something new and fresh that God has done in their life? Does anyone have anything? Yeah? Yeah? All right, Kenzie. All right, so last week, uh, Carol and Katie came over and prayed for me, and I spoke in tongues for the first time. <laughs> and then on Thursday, I got a call from the hospital saying that I got the job that I applied for, which is really awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. He's a good dad, yeah? Man, amen. Who else? Does anyone else have anything? Caleb. So uh, last week on Easter Sunday... Um, I was trying to get my friend, her name's Amaka, to come to um, church with me. She was, like, pretty hesitant, and she was, like, pretty unsure about it. But whenever she went, she, like, enjoyed it. And at the end of the service, there were, like, um, altar calls, like, words, and um, it, like, really touched her because she had a blood clot in her lung, like, like a couple weeks, weeks earlier, and one of the altar calls was, like, lung problems. So it was, like, it was crazy, and now, like, the attitude she went in, 
to church was like not the attitude she came out of church with. So it was pretty crazy. So it's awesome. Thanks, bro. Nick, you got one? Yeah. Hi guys. Can you guys hear me? Okay, so I actually had um I guess the word is revelation of um telling a little bit about my story. I actually don't have a family. I um am I work I live with the state and I work for the state and I actually just found out after coming from a meeting about all the resources that I have for college because I thought I couldn't go to college. And um because of my social work job, next month I um have been requested specifically to go and talk to the governor and the first lady about child welfare and, and youth in college. Wow. wow, amen. Come on, let's go. One more, I think there's one more. Who has it? Yeah, M? Sorry, I saw M first. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Um, <laughs> so today at work, um, I just had so much joy and this girl um, started talking bad about herself. So I was like, hmm, I'm gonna change this around. So I was like, well, so since you're having a bad day, I want you to say three things that are good about yourself. And um, I just started speaking truth and identity into her, and she's like, man, where did you come from? <laughs> so, yeah. Come on, amen. All right, Aaron, come on real quick. Hey, can you guys hear okay? I know this fan's loud. Everyone good? Joshua, can you hear me back there? Yeah? Cool. What's up, Aaron? <laughs> so my mom, she was cooking Easter dinner, and she's older, so she's starting to feel the joints hurting and that. And so when I came home, she was laid out in bed and had ice packs on her knees, on her legs, everywhere. And so I was like, oh, man. I mean, I've seen it before, but I guess to that time, I didn't feel so scared to pray for her, even though she's Christian. I feel like it was something she always accepted was that she was in pain. And so I felt the Holy Spirit said, go ask her if she wants prayer. And so I asked my mom, hey, mom, would you mind if I pray for you before you try to go back and cook again since you're in so much pain? She say. Okay, I'll do that. So I said a very quick, simple prayer using the vineyard model. And then I asked her, how is she feeling? And she said, yeah, my legs feel better. And so I was really happy for that because that was the first time I really ever prayed for her. Awesome, man. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Man, doesn't that just pump you up? I just love hearing people's stories. Well, hey, if you are new here, my name is Ryan. I'm blessed to be the pastor. Uh, just thanks so much for coming out. I see a couple new faces. Uh, come say hi to me or one of the leaders afterwards. We'd love to meet you. But I just want to say I'm super excited about this message. And you be, might be like, well, duh, you're the pastor. You better be excited, right? But there's just certain messages, maybe for the worship team. Micah, you might get pumped to do certain songs. I'm just, this message just like means a lot. I'm just excited. So thanks so much for coming out. Um, man, it's crazy. After tonight, we only have three more weeks left of Alive. Three more weeks of the semester. Some of you guys are like, amen, hallelujah. It's almost here. Um, but hey, we're going to be in the Y one more week. And next week, my man, Kundai, is going to be bringing the word. Uh, John Urban's going to be leading worship. It's going to be special. Two of our, two of our seniors, uh, you know, that's going to be heading out are going to kind of close things off for us. And then the week after that, which is actually the first Wednesday in May, we're actually going to be having worship on the quad. We're going to be outside. We, it's so cool. We met Janet there. She saw us in the fall. We like to start off the year on the quad declaring what God's going to do. And it's going to be a cool time of testimony. So we're going to be right behind the, uh, the union outside. Um, and it's going to be an awesome time. So but, hey, tonight we are, we're going to finish our journey, well, almost finish our journey through the book of Acts. We've been going through Acts. Who was here last week? Raise your hand. 
Wow, and it's a miracle you came back. Amen. <laughs> Last week got a little cray-cray. If you weren't here, just don't worry about it. Pretend I didn't say that. But hey, it was awesome. God used Putty, a pastor from our church, in a, in a powerful, powerful way. Uh, and thanks so much for everyone who came back. So he talked about Acts 19. And tonight, I'm going to kind of shuffle through a couple uh, chapters of Acts quickly. But I felt like the Lord titled this message, Radical Faith. The story of radical faith. And we've been looking through the book of Acts, and we've been hearing all about these miracles and these amazing things that God has done through people like Stephen, a guy named Saul that was turned to Paul, and just all these stories about, you know, the lame being healed and the spirit of the Lord even healing someone through a shadow, just crazy things. And I really was asking God, I said, God, as we finish, almost finish up the semester, what is something that you want to say to me and to us? And I feel like he really gave me this phrase, radical faith. And what does it mean to truly be radical? What does it mean? We sing that song, which is, I know, kind of weird, fire fall down. I remember one time I was at a, around a campfire singing that, and my little brothers like, are like, sitting on my lap, and we're singing fire fall down. They're looking at me with these big eyes like, fire fall down. I don't want the fire to hit me. I'm like, it's a fire of the Lord. It's okay. <laughs> but, you know, like, like, what does it mean to be on fire? What does it mean to truly live this life in a radical, crazy way for God? You know, when we look at these people who are, who are martyred for the Lord and who just gave their lives, they didn't worry about salary or income or taxes or any of that. They just went after God, and God used them in amazing ways. And what does that mean for us today? So that's what this message is about. Real quick, will you pray with me? Father, I just thank you for the blessing it is to be a part of Alive. I thank you for the blessing it is to be a friend to so many people here, that this place is a family, that, man, out of all the places you could have sent me, you sent me to Illinois, and I get to be a part of all these amazing people's lives. God, I just pray tonight that you would refresh us, that you would inspire us, that you would pump us up a little bit, God, and that you would just do something new in a fresh and new way in our lives. Empower us, God. Speak to us, then speak through us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wanted to ask, what does radical mean? What does radical mean? Isaiah, what does radical mean to you? Spontaneous or exuberant. That's what I've always thought of. Lace, what does radical mean to you? Man, why you gotta pick on me? Because <laughs> I'm radical. Woo! Like to trust the, Lord. trust the Lord. Yeah, that's all I got for you. Yeah. Good, good. Man, Jake, what does radical mean to you? Crazy awesome. Crazy awesome. All right, all right. Cowbunga, dude. <laughs> Man, David, you are radical. So, what does radical mean to you? Man, radical means to me like just out of control in the best way possible. Nate Wells, what does radical mean to you? can't contain it. Awesome. Awesome. Mark Hagee, what does radical mean to you? Beyond expectation. All right, man. So I, I just love hearing that. What does radical mean? You know, when I think of radical, I uh, kind of have a fear of heights. And so it was like kind of like I, I was one of those kids like in heights and water, we don't, don't go 
we don't do good together. Like, I need to feel the water before I jump in the water. I hate cold water. I've actually been challenging myself to take cold showers recently. I know it sounds crazy, but it pumps you up. You should try it. Um, but, uh, right, Tuck? So, man, but on the world race, I went to the world race, 11 countries, 11 months. And I remember we were in Ukraine, month two, a bunch of my teammates wanted to go cliff jumping. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And there's only two guys on the team with, like, five girls, and all the girls want to jump off this cliff. And I'm like, I cannot be the only one on my team to wimp out and not jump off this cliff. So we go, and it was, like, 35 feet. And I remember, guys, it's, it took me a half an hour to jump off that sucker. Like, I was, like, I was just scared. And then I jump off because it's the hype, but then also I don't know how cold the water is. I hate cold water. So I finally did it, you know, and I was just so pumped up after I did it. I thought I conquered my fear. Well, then, like a month later, we're, we, we're in Africa. And they're like, oh, let's go to this waterfall and jump off this waterfall. Oh, great. That sounds safe. You know, we're in Africa. And, like, so we go to this waterfall, and I'm, like, you know, trying to, like, oh, I'm just going to watch over our stuff. Oh, everyone's jumping off of it again. Come on, Ryan. I'm like, shoot, how do I get on this team? And, like, so I get up there. I'm literally, like, if I slip, there goes my leg, possibly my life. Like, great. Um, life's a journey. And, like, so I, I get up there, and, and the water, guys, was freezing. You'd think it would be warm in Africa. It wasn't. It was freezing. And, like, but, again, it took me a while, but I finally jumped off and did it. So then, like, a year later, it was this, this routine of, like, man, I want to be radical. I want to be crazy. I think of David, man, he, he'll do anything. Like, I feel like he's not afraid of anything. Me, I'm a little more timid. But I finally got to a point where I'm, like, thinking I'm a pro cliff jumper, right? Not really. But, so, um, we, I'm living in Guatemala and I'm living in Guatemala for six months, and I'm helping out at this orphanage, and they want to go cliff jumping. So now all these little kids want to jump off this cliff. I'm like, why do I keep getting stuck in this? You ever feel like God tries to teach you a lesson, and you think you get through it, but it just, like, keeps coming back up in your life? Like, the lesson I'm still trying to learn is how to be on time. I just can't figure that out. But, like, so I'm on this cliff, and we're in front of Guatemala, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not being afraid anymore. I'm not being afraid anymore. And somehow, you know, every blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. I run, I run and I jump off this cliff and I just felt courageous. So this, this is what radical kind of looks like for me, guys. Man, yeah, that's me. I know I look pretty cool, don't I? <laughs> so, but when I think of radical, I think of daring, right? Not afraid of anything, gonna go after it, you know, just... Put it all out there. They're not afraid to get hurt. They're not afraid of what other people think of them. They're just radical. So I asked myself, well, what does radical faith look like? Especially, what does radical faith look like in the face of fear and adversity? It's easy. Is it easy to be radical when everything's easy, right? But what about when people push back at you? What about when people make fun of you? What about when people physically try to harm you or come against your character or who you are? Are we so radical then? Are we so radical when the whole crowd is doing it or when it's just us? There was a story that I came across and it's called Faith on a Wire. And I'm gonna, I wanna read a little bit to you. It's a true story about this dude. Uh, sorry, one second. Uh, it's, a, it's a true story about this guy named Charles Blondin. And on June 30th, 1859, he became the first man in the history of the world to walk on a tightrope across Niagara Falls. Has anyone seen Niagara Falls before? Yeah? 
That, like, just hearing that scares the you-know-what out of me. Like, he walked across a tightrope. Like, do any of you do that thing, like, where you hook the little tightrope up to the trees and you try to walk across that? I can't even make, like, five steps. Has anyone done that before? David, I know you have. Yeah? Man, like, how do you do that? This dude walked across Niagara Falls in a tightrope. Over 25,000 people gathered to watch him walk 1,100 feet, suspended on a tiny rope 160 feet above the raging waters. He worked without a net or safety harness of any kind. The slightest slip would have proved fatal. When he safely reached the Canadian side, the crowd burst out into a mighty roar. Guys, this isn't like a tale or myth. You can Google it because we trust everything Google says, and it's true. (laughs) So he does this, right? He goes and does this. But, guys, the story doesn't stop there. Then he goes one step higher. He blindfolds himself, and he does it again. For real, for real. Blindfolds himself. You think it stops there, right? It doesn't. So then he has this crazy idea, oh, well, why don't I take a little cooking stove, sit down on the wire, make an make a, uh, egg, and eat it, and then finish walking across. I promise, true story, he did this. So then, it keeps going, you're, you keep thinking, you're like, how far is this going to go? This dude puts, gets a wheelbarrow, puts all this cement in it, walks across the tightrope, across Niagara Falls, with a wheelbarrow full of cement. He gets to the other side. You can, I mean, imagine if you saw that. You'd be going nuts, right? Everyone's cheering for him, and he's like Superman. Like, everyone thinks he's the coolest, raddest dude alive. You like that pun, Crystal? Radical ride. So he's, they're going nuts, and he's like, do you believe that I can do it again? We believe, we believe. And he said, do you believe? And he's like, I believe that you can do it. He's like, all right, get in the wheelbarrow. Michael, get in the wheelbarrow. Not one person got in the wheelbarrow. And I love that story. You're reading about that. He just had this faith. And I think when we think about radical, audacious, real faith, and guys, I've just been inspired reading through the book of Acts, reading these stories. If you haven't been here uh, for everyone, check out the podcast. This summer, I encourage you, read through the book of Acts. Read one chapter a day. These stories aren't myths. They're not fairy tales. They're real things people did, Austin. They're real stories. Just like this is a real story. And when it gets hard, when our faith gets tested, will we step in the wheelbarrow? I can't say I would, but you know what I could say? Man, I want to have that faith. Now, you guys know the story when Jesus was in the storm, right? And the, the boat's being rocked, and the disciples are freaking out, and they're like, Jesus, how can you be sleeping? There's a hurricane coming. Like, there's sharks in the water. We're about to drown. And he just gets up, and he's like, guys, chill. Don't you know yet? I got you. (laughs) He says, peace, be still. He knew his time wasn't up yet. I wonder if when this dude asked the guy to get in the wheelbarrow, I wonder if that's what Peter felt like a little bit when Jesus said, you want to walk in water, David? Come, walk on water. Peter didn't really know. 
if Jesus could do that at the time. Of course, now all of us would be like, all right, let's walk on water. We know the story. We know it's been done. But in the moment, that was probably scary as heck for Peter. And again, I just love these stories in Scripture and out of Scripture because it stirs our faith. And it says, God, I want to have a faith like that. I believe one of the strongest, most important prayers we can pray that I try to pray on a constant basis is that, God, give me more faith. Give me more faith because God rewards faith. Faith pleases God. It's not something that we just gain. I I think a lot of things, actually Mike and Isaiah's dad says this all the time, a lot of things in the spirit can't be taught but rather caught. I believe that's how faith is, that when we step out in faith, we get a little more, kind of like courage, kind of like love. But what does it look like in your life, Liam, in your life, Gabe, in your life, James, your life, Kaylee McKenna, what does it look like on this campus, at Parkland, in our friend groups, in our lives, to have radical faith? Do we believe that healings, the same healings that happened back in the book of Acts can happen today? Do we believe that the Lord can give Mary Jane a word about Cassie Clark and without them ever knowing, but God can speak to Cassie through Mary Jane in a crazy way without them planning it or it hurts anyone telling Mary Jane anything about her? Do we believe that God can do that? Do we believe that God can speak and move in signs and wonders just like he did? I can't fully say 100% believe, guys, but I can say I'm on the journey of believing. And every day I want to say, God, give me more faith, not just to believe to receive, but to step in and use me. Use me as spare change in your pocket. Use me to step out. I'm not saying this to brag, um, but it just pumped me up. I went out with David and Owen uh, every, uh, every other Thursday. They have this thing called Hots Healing on the Streets. Uh, it's this Thursday at 4 o'clock, right, uh, and behind the union if you want to come. And they set up a table, and students come that, that they don't know, and they get to pray for them. They get to pray for healing. They get to go after things. And then every Tuesday, Owen back there and Owen and David, they go around at the union and on campus, and they just go up to people and talk to them and pray for them and hand out alive cards and share the love of Jesus. And I went with them, with Austin and Isaiah and a couple of the guys. We went, Janet was there, and, um, you know, I, to be honest, I was a little scared at first. I was like, man, I haven't just walked up to someone cold like this. Like, I don't know, talk and be like, hey, man, like, you know, have you ever heard of Jesus? Like, you know, not everyone responds well to that. But, man, you know what? It's so fun. It's exhilarating. Afterwards, I felt so pumped up. It's like when you make that tackle, James, you know, you, you do what you didn't think you could do when fear faces you in the face, but yet you believe in faith and you conquer through that. It pumps you up. It excites you. And we went, and some of us, you know, it's funny to see, go up to, to watch David. He goes up to people, and some's like, get away from me. Don't talk to me. And, you know, you laugh it off, and I go up to people. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be that weird guy. Can I talk to you for 20 seconds? And you'll be surprised by how many people say, sure. And they let us pray for them. You know, I'm even on an ultimate Frisbee team, and a couple of my teammates and a, a guy we were playing against got hurt. And, you know, no one on my team besides John Urban, you know, is a, really a believer. And I just felt like God says, hey, practice what you preach. Do you believe this? And I just said, hey, is it okay? Can I pray for you? I'm like, no, no pressure if you don't want me to. And every one of them said, Yeah. And I just said a quick 30-second prayer in faith. I believe, be healed in Jesus' name. And you know what? Like, I believe that touched them and it touched me. It pumps us up as we do it, right? It's like riding a bike. The more we do it, the better we get at it. 
And so I'm just excited, guys. I'm just excited. I want to step into something new tonight, and I want to be used by God because I really, truly believe the greatest gift and blessing is to know God, but the second greatest gift and blessing is to be used by God. He saves us, just like one of the testimonies said. You know, I love, Nick said he's, he, he went through this, and now God's going to use him to go speak about others on his behalf. He saves us, and he says, go back and be a lifeguard and save others. It's so exciting. It's even exciting when you fail, because it's just fun. And I believe there's an invitation tonight to stir us up a little bit, to get us re-pumped up and say, what does radical, like, radical faith look like for Anna Remy, for Kendra Greenlee? For David Dunal, what does it look like in the details of our life when no one's watching? Are we the same people? Are we the people of faith? Not by sight, but of faith. Man, McKenna, are you excited? I'm excited. Thanks for listening. All right, you can go home. No, I'm just joking. All right, so I got some, I got some cool stories to share. I want to look at, um, I'm going to brush through a couple stories real quick. Um, and I'm just look, calling them stories of faith because... I believe they're going to get us pumped up. So the first one is this. He is alive. In Acts chapter 20, there's this crazy story, right? So, so we leave off. Uh, Putty told us what happened last, last week. Paul's going around in a radical way in emphasis, sharing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tons of people are, getting, uh, are believing or are receiving him, but then a riot breaks out. But then he starts traveling around. He's traveling to Greece. He's going all around. They didn't have planes back then. They didn't have trains back then. And it was actually really dangerous to, to go on a, a trip on a ship on the ocean. But he's doing it. He's, he's the first real missionary there is. So he's, he's at this place, um, and he's teaching. And, I mean, guys, here's the thing. Listen to this story. This is a real true story. It sounds outrageous, cr outrageously crazy. But I, I know, I believe that it's true. So check this out. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, this reminds me of me or David, just talked the whole night. Um, he, 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 he kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named, I can't even, I'm not even going to try to say that. We're just going to call him E, all right? Young man named E. Um, <laughs> he, he, was, he was sinking into a deep sleep, and Paul, as Paul talked on and on, can you just imagine David or I doing this? We're just preaching. We're just talking. Some of, this is actually happening to some of you right now. You're sleeping. I'm glad you're not by a window. Um, but this dude falls asleep. Paul's preaching the word of God, and he falls out the window. It says he falls from the third story, story and he was picked up dead. Like, this is a real thing. This dude falls out the window when Paul's preaching the gospel, you know, and he, he, he's dead. So Paul runs down there. He threw himself on the young man. I don't know what that means, but he threw himself on him and put his arms around him. He said, don't be alarmed. He said, he is alive. He is alive. Then he went upstairs again, broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. People took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. Like, guys, that is crazy. Is that a true story, Miranda? Do you believe that? Like, that's crazy. What? This dude fell three stories out of a window. Noah goes, runs down, throws himself on him. It doesn't even say that Paul prayed. 
Like it just says he was dead and now he is alive. Like here's the thing, guys. We can't put God in a box. He moves. He wants to do something new every single time. And when we try to put him in a box, you know what that turns into? Religion. You know one of the worst things someone could say to me is like, oh, Ryan's a religious person. I don't want to be known as a religious person. No offense if you want to be, I don't. Because religion is about rules and principle and law. I want to be known as someone who's radically in love with Jesus. When you're radically in love with someone, your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, a friend, your dog, I don't care. We just got a new puppy. I can't wait to see the new puppy every time I go home, right? Like, and if I said, oh, if I talked the same way to the puppy every time I saw him, if we did, the, went on the same walk every day, like, that would get boring. If I said, only, oh, you can only come see me, and like, I'm, I'm being, I'm trying to use a metaphor. It's not working out good. But you get what I'm trying to say, right, Jared? <laughs> Man, so like, I don't want it. We can't put God in a box. He moves and he does new and fresh things. And every time when we come here, you know, it, it could be we had an amazing year last year, right? Last year, almost every service out of 100 people, we had 175 at one, one night. You know, but you know what? God's done something new this year. He's done something deeper in the community and the friendship and the small groups. Each small group, almost every night is 10 people. You know, the events, almost every weekend we're doing something. What, we had almost 70 people at fall retreat last year? Like, like he's doing something deeper in us, something new. I don't want to have the same old thing. And guys, I promise you, if you feel like you're going through the motions, you know in the hospital, it's actually bad if you're coasting. If you're going straight line, if you're going up and down, that means you're alive. That means God's doing something in you. That means you still have breath in your lungs. You still have a heartbeat. And I feel like the enemy, when he knows he can't defeat us, he tries to get us just to coast. Just go through the motions, you know? If any of you have ever been in love or have a friendship and it's just going through the motion, it gets really stale. I don't know about you, but I don't want stale bread. Like, man, I want to be alive. I want to live like it's that first time going on that roller coaster. Like it's the first time hearing about Jesus, experiencing Jesus. And guys, we have a choice in that. We have a choice. And sometimes you got to say, wake up, man of God. Wake up, woman of God. Today's a gift. We're alive. God, wake me up. Use me. Show me where you're working in my life. Don't let the details of work and school and relationships and studying consume me where I don't even know who I am and I don't know why I'm here. We are in a fight. We are in a war. The enemy wants to do anything he can to distract us from knowing whose we are and whom we are. He wants to distract us from knowing our purpose and our identity in this life. And I promise you, when you know who you are, I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm not saying every day I wake up, jump out of bed, and do 20 jumping jacks and excited to be alive. But I'm saying every day we're in a fight. And we have a choice to make. I love talking, I'm totally on a randit right now, so Kundai or whoever said that to me, your word's coming true. But, you know, I love talking to married couples who have been married 20 or 30 years, these awesome, amazing couples. And I said, how do you, how do you make it that long, you know? And they're like, well... You know, it's actually simpler than you think. And I'm like, what? How? You hear about all these divorce rates. I come from broken families. I, there's so many di different things in my family. And honestly, it hits me. It's like, how am I going to be able to do that one day? And they say it comes down to a choice. It comes down to a choice. 
It's not always easy. You're not, you don't always have those lovey-dovey feelings, but it comes down to a choice. And what are we going to decide? Do you know that you have a choice in this life? You have a choice to believe and receive? And that's why we want to do community. That's why we want to be a family, so we can help each other. This, this next story uh, just blows my mind as well. I, I ha- it's in Acts 21. I just, I'm kind of giving like four mini stories within a sermon. Uh, it's called He is Ready. So Paul's preaching, right? And he gets, we have this thing, a prophetic word. You guys, most of you know what that is. It's basically when I hear, if I get one up to Kendra and I said, you know, I believe God wants you to know this, I'd be giving her a prophetic word. I never say God said this. I submit it to her. She can pray about it, think about it, make sure it lines with scripture, maybe ask community and people if it's true. Um, But God can use that and God does that. Sometimes prophetic words are weird. Has anyone got a weird prophetic word that actually came true? Yeah, a couple of you. I know I have. Like, and it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just weird, right? So this story, this lady comes up to Paul. She takes his belt, which I know sounds weird, and ties it around her hands and around her feet. And, he sa- and she says, you're going to go to Jerusalem, and you're going to be bound like this. So if someone came that said that to me, is like, hey, don't go up to Chicago because this is going to happen. I'm like, thank you. I'm going down to Nashville. Peace. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to go to Chicago if I know that's going to happen. What does Paul do? He, sa- he, says, he says this. When he heard this in Acts 21, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus Christ. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. Oh, come on, dude. Like, this dude had so much faith, he's like, hey, I'm going, because God's called me to go. I know who I am, and I know what my purpose is in this life, and I don't care what's going to happen to me, nothing's stopping me to go. Guys, I'm not there. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not there, but I want to be there. I want to be so in love with him that when the waves hit me and the adversity hits me in this life, it doesn't affect me. And I believe that's why we need family. That's why we need to be rooted in scripture. And that's why we need to be connected with God and saying, Lord, give me this radical faith. Let, help, help me learn how to walk with the spirit, to keep in step with the spirit. James, Tuck, Jake, using you as football players, you guys just didn't wake up one day learn how to play football, right? You had to practice it. You had to be humble enough to let people teach you, coach you. You had to help each other. Same thing with school or art or whatever it is. It takes a while. It takes a choice. Are we going to let God mold us into the radical, be the radical people he's called us to be? This next one is, comes out of Acts 22. It says, knowing who you are in the midst of adversity. It's easy to know who you are and what you're going to do again when everything's going good. But what happens when it happens in the midst of adversity? So Paul goes to Jerusalem. He's preaching the gospel. God's using him. What happens? He gets arrested. He gets bound. <laughs> I wonder if he's ever heard that before. It came true. But does it, does it bother him? So this dude is getting spit on. He's getting beat. And let me remind you, Jerusalem was where Jesus was crucified. But that didn't stop Paul. That didn't stop Paul. He's getting beat up. He's being spit on. He's being 
attacked by the mob. So he's bound by the, Roman, by the Romans' officers. They're about to take him in the jail. And this dude has such audacious, radical faith. He turns to the officer and he says, hey, can I say something really quick? Like, what? This crowd almost kills you, and now you're asking the dude that's arresting you to talk? But the officer lets him. The officer lets him. And he says this to the crowd. He goes on to share his testimony and how Jesus, remember when David Hamilton preached, if you were here, how, 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 he, how God opened his eyes, how he blinded him, and he, he, he turned him from Saul to Paul. He opened his eyes and his heart of who he is and sent him on this mission. So he goes on, he says, God of all our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be a witness to all people when, when you have seen and heard. And now that you are, now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash away your sins, and know the calling that's on your name. He knew and he remembered who Jesus said he was in the midst of adversity. He knew and he remembered who Jesus said he was in the midst of adversity, in the midst of people criticizing him and doubting him and making fun of him and saying that he's a fake, he remembered who Jesus said he was. Do we remember who Jesus says we are? Because I promise, guys, I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying it to prepare you. It's not always easy. But we need to be reminded who he says we are. We need to, when we know who he says we are, what other people say we are isn't going to shake us. So I ask you, Andrea, who are you? McKenna, who are you? Miranda, who are you? I believe we're on a journey of knowing whose we are and what we're meant to do. It goes on. So what happens? He's in jail. <laughs> but the, the story doesn't stop there, guys. In Acts 23, it says this. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and he said, take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, guess what? Be ready. So you must also testify in Rome. He's in jail, but it says the Lord stood near him. Do we trust and do we believe that the Lord stands near us, that he is with us in the midst of hard times? And do we trust and we believe the plan that God says and has for our life, that it will be accomplished. I love in Philippians 1.6, it says the Lord is faithful to complete the work that he starts. Dude, Jesus didn't even go to Rome. He's in jail already. He was already attacked by the mob. He almost lost his life. But God meets him there. He comes and reminds him who he is and what his plan is for his life. And he says, don't worry. You're going to go to Rome. You're going to testify about me. And guys, when God looks at our hearts, what, what does he see? I think about that all the time. I want to have a willing heart. I want to say, you know, I joke around about this, but when me and Mary Jane started dating, one of the first questions I asked her was like, hey, for real, for real, like, would you be down to live in Africa one day? Because I believe that's a call on my life. There's been other girls that I've liked, and they, they weren't willing to do that, and it was a deal breaker for me because I could not settle for the call that God had on my life. And I knew she was special when she looked, right, looked at me right in the eye and said, I'll go anywhere with you that God calls us to go. And I believed it in her because I saw it in her. 
Are we the type of people? I don't want to have my own plan. I believe his plans are better. Do you believe that for your life? Even when it's suffering and it's hard, that the Lord will meet us and stand there and finish the work that he started. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more and gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. We see all these athletes and all these people, you know, all these amazing, brilliant um, engineers and everything boasting about everything that they have. Do you ever see someone boasting about their weakness? What if we were a people that boasted about our weakness, not in a disrespectful or dishonoring way about ourselves, but we boasted in who he is in us, not who we are. Who he is in us and through us. What if you live that way in the football field? That every person knew on your team that you were playing for not to make it to the NFL, not to get rich, but you were playing for your Lord and your Savior. I guarantee the game would mean more to you if you do that. I promise you that it will. What if you, your next job that you're going to, David Lutz, you told your boss straight up, I'm a man of God. I believe God called me here. I'm going to work my butt off to make this company successful, but I want you to know that's not my end goal. Liam, what if you did that in your business, Fred, and all the clubs you're a part of? What if I did that? You might think it's easy. Well, you're a pastor, Ryan. You work with Christians. Guys, it hasn't always been that way. But I promise when we are faithful with the little, when we learn to do that, you know, I look at Micah Dawkins who, who, who's bouncing and who's working at Redline and Isaiah and these guys who are working in dark places, but Isaiah's praying, they're praying before they go to work. And I, I love what Isaiah said the other day. He's like, I'm going to Redline and I'm praying for people. I'm going to be the light in a dark place. I love, you know, what Micah, he's told me stories he doesn't just go up and put a headlock around someone. You know, he puts his hand on him and he's praying for him even when the guy doesn't know he's praying for him. And the peace of the Lord works through Micah to stop a fight and prevent a hard situation from happening. Do we let God use us in radical, sometimes scary, but man, exhilarating ways? And I promise you, whether it's on the quad with us or calling or driving six hours to talk to your grandpa who doesn't believe in Jesus, I don't know what it is, but I promise when God speaks to you, if you listen, Arnie, he will empower you and move in you and build your faith, just like he did with you and Kaylee when God said, go to passion, and you went. And he built that faith, and then you didn't, man, I didn't even have to ask you to go into Mexico. You had $50 in your bank account, right? And both of you went to Mexico because God provided so the guy, who, he goes across Niagara Falls. He said, if you believe, it's so easy to say you're going to believe, but will you get in the wheelbarrow? Worship team, you can come back up, please. No one answered. No one answered. But then one guy said, I'll go. He didn't get in the wheelbarrow. I don't know if this is less scary or more scary. But he said, I'll let you give me a piggyback ride across the, the tightrope. I promise, this is true. Google it, research it. And this guy carries him across. He carries him across, and they made it. And so why is this ministry called Alive? Why, what does that mean? And I always want to end with this question. Who are we? And what are we called to do in this one and precious life that he's given us? Will we look like a fool and throw ourselves on someone and say, be alive in Jesus' name when they fall out of a window? 
Will we trust if God says, get in the wheelbarrow, will we get into it? And then, when will, will we push other people across? Guys, I'm not saying, standing up here saying, I would do that or I'm never scared. But I say that when you listen to faith over fear, something in you changes. Something in you grows. Something in you gets a little stronger, gets a little bolder. And I promise you, it'll start to change you from the inside out. I don't want to be someone who goes through the motions anymore. If we're going through the motions, like, why are we in it? Right? I promise you, ask him to use you. You guys have three weeks left of school. Ask him to use you. Every day, what if you woke up and you said, God, use me in one person's life today. Use me. Whether it's a hug or opening the door or saying, God bless you, use me. Let me hear you, Holy Spirit. Let me be empowered by you. Use me. And I promise, it's the most amazing feeling to know that the creator and savior of the world lives in you and through you. As you listen to this next song, will you ask him how he wants to use you? you ask him to give you radical faith that no rival that no enemy can stand up to his beautiful name in Jesus name we pray
just love that part that says, all I want to know is Jesus. All I want to know is Jesus. Come and reign in me. I feel like there's an invitation here tonight, guys, and I feel like it's going to be a little different, you know, um, but I feel like there's someone in here that doesn't know Jesus and that maybe tonight's the night where you step out in faith and you get in that wheelbarrow and you say, I want to know you. I believe there's someone else in here tonight that wants to be empowered, that you've known about God, you know of the Bible, you know it in your head, but you want to be empowered by his spirit in a radical and real way. And I don't feel like we're supposed to have normal ministry time where people pray for you. I actually feel like this is a holy moment with you and God. But I do believe there's an invitation to step out of your comfort zone, to step out of your box and respond to his call. And that might look different for some of us. But will you respond? just close our eyes right now just open our heart to the Lord because he's stirring our hearts in this very moment with his holy redeeming love yeah yeah so Holy Spirit just blow in this room grip our hearts God for what you're saying, for what you're moving, because you're gonna move mountains through us. And you're gonna invite us to step in to the wheelbarrow. And you'll say, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I love you with all that I am. Will you give me all that you are? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And if that's you, raise up your hand. Just say, I trust you, God. I don't know anything or everything, but I know that you love me and you'll lead me. Yeah, in the Bible, there was a war and just keep your arms raised. And if, if that's you, when he had his arms raised, they won the battle. I just recently heard in a talk that every Good Friday, as they read the Passion of the Christ, they stand and hold their arms out at the posture of a cross and full surrender to Jesus, but full in hope that He will come and touch and move in their lives and change them. We thank you and we bless what you're doing right now, God. God, if there's anyone in this room right now, Jesus, that doesn't know you, we just pray that you come and you move and you breathe on them and you help them know you. If there's people, including me in this room, that want to know you more, God, we pray come and move and know, help Arnie know you more right now, Jesus, than he ever has before. Help Noah know you more than he ever has before. Bless and refresh Cassie right now in Jesus' name. Show Joshua how proud of him you are. Show Liam that you're fighting for him and that you're with him. God, I thank you that you're moving. Show Jen that she's a woman of hope and joy.
and that you are using her in her family and on her floor and in her life. Brian, Bailey, there's a call in your life. There's a call in your life and you know it. And he's gonna use you in amazing, amazing ways. Just keep saying yes and choosing to believe even when everything inside of you tells you not to. I promise you he's gonna use you. Kendra, you're a fighter. You always have been. You always will be. But right now, I bless that he's fighting for you. That he's fighting for you. And your story is not over. Kevin, you're going to be an amazing dad right now. And right now, in Jesus' name, we pray against the fear and the lies that is holding you back from who you are. You are a son, and you are a man, and you are a great man. And you're going to be a great husband one day, I say in Jesus' name, and a great father. Eric Greenwell, you are not your dad. You're you. You're you. So God, I bless what you're doing. And you know, as we sang the song earlier, come to the altar, I don't know what it is, but there's just, when you step out in faith, and for some of us, it's easy because we do it all the time, but for some of us, it's hard. And when you step out in faith, you feel like God's moving in a new way in your life right now and come up and just worship him just come out in boldness because I promise you if you step out in faith and learn to do it in here he's going to help you do it out there he's going to help you do it out there Justin there's friends in your life that need you and need to know the Jesus that you know will you let him use you will you be radical you're not just a quiet one you have a voice and it matters taking risks right now by saying some of these things but I believe God wants to do something new will you let him crowned with glory now the Savior now to wash our feet now at his feet we bow the one who wore our sin and shame now robed in The fear that held us 
to him who is our peace his final breath upon the cross is now alive in me and your name and your Your name I call 
As we sing your praise, as we sing your praise, as we sing, as we worship.
more time at your breath. Cause it's your breath and our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise with your breath and our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. experienced in the last couple of weeks everybody has hardships in their past everybody's struggled in their past but the Lord rewards great faith I've seen one of my best friends go through such hard times and be turned into someone that's so on fire I've never seen anybody so much craving the Lord in their life so whatever you're going through whatever you're struggling with just know that the Lord rewards great faith. Come on. Come on. That's awesome, Jake. Will you just, and, and this isn't for me, this is for you. Will you just raise your hand if God touched you tonight and God did something new in your life? Brian, go ahead, raise your hand because I know he's doing something in your life. Right now, faith is arising. Look around. Keep your hands raised. Look around. I just want to say too, because we're church and we're family, that someone was here tonight, I believe for the first time, and gave their life to Jesus. He asked Jesus into his life. He had to leave to go study for a class, but he did. God's moving, guys, and I promise he wants to use you more than you know. And Joshua, your story isn't over, it's just beginning. We love you guys. We thank you for being a part of this family, for sticking out this late in this muggy room. <laughs> Pray that maybe we'll have a, a room next year with air conditioning. Um, but Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you've done. We're so excited that this is just the beginning of the story, just the beginning of the ride. And it's gonna be an amazing ride, more than we could ever hope or imagine. That's wild, that's full of life and full of you. And I just feel like there's going to be, like Michael Sacco, you're going to go home. And I feel like there's going to be some of us who just go home. And just ask the Lord to speak to you. Just open up your hands. Ask him to meet you. Ask him to speak to you. And he's going to do the same thing that he's done here with you. Do you believe that? You believe that, Caleb? Yeah? <laughs> kind of? So, God, we thank you for faith, and we love you, and we trust you. In Jesus' name.